Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Welcome back to the Tom Harbin Program, broadcasting on commercial radio stations from coast to coast on Sirius XM all across the North American continent, on Pacifica stations across America, Europe, and Africa, on American Forces Radio, and every U.S. military base in the world, and your electronic device via TuneIn, Progressive Voices, Tom Hartman app, and simulcast as television via Free Speech TV Network on Dish Network, DirecTV, and cable systems all over the country. I want to start out with our rant from HartmanReport.com. It's titled, Here's the Craven GOP Plan for Ending Democracy. This may be our last chance to really stop this, and th that's kind of the bad news. The good news is that this also may be our best chance to stop this. Martin Gelman wrote this article in The Atlantic. Yeah, I guess it came out early this week or late last week, in which he is basically laying out how the Republican Party intends to rig the election for 2024 by having individual states, by having the, the you know, Republicans are running for precinct committee people, not Republicans, Trumpies, are running for precinct committee people in the Republican Party so they can control state parties. They're running for secretaries of state so that they can control elections. They're running for election boards and volunteering, you know, to be election officials in states all across the United States so that when Trump runs again in 2024, or frankly, any Republican, if the Democrat gets more votes, if it looks like the Democrat's going to win, they can simply say, oh, no, we're giving the election to the Republicans. And yes, they can do that under the Constitution, in my opinion, in Mark Meadows' opinion, in the opinion of basically the entire Trump administration, and by the way, in the opinion of Florida Republicans in 2000. Yes, in the year 2000, down in Florida, the entire election, is it going to be Al Gore as president or is it going to be George W. Bush as president? The entire election came down to one state that was controlled by the brother of the guy running for president. George W. Bush was governor of Texas. Jeb Bush was governor of Florida. George had already given Jeb a list of Texas felons that Jeb used to purge people with similar names off the voting rolls in Florida, knocking somewhere between 20 and 80,000 African Americans off the voting rolls. But still, that wasn't enough. There was this 500-vote margin that it sort of looked like George won by. And the state Supreme Court ordered a recount. 
That was, of course, stopped by the U.S. federal Supreme Court because Justice Scalia said, and this was uh, truly bizarre, he said, the counting of votes, this is from the Bush v. Gore opinion, the counting of votes does, in my view, threaten irreparable harm to petitioner George W. Bush and to the country by casting a cloud upon what Bush claims to be the legitimacy of his election. But anyhow, what happened was, before the Supreme Court intervened and handed the election to George W. Bush in 2000, see, this is nothing new, Republicans basically stealing the White House. Before the U.S. Supreme Court, five conservatives on the U.S. Supreme Court, the four Democratic appointees were outraged. But before these five conservatives on the Supreme Court handed the 2000 election to George W. Bush, down in Florida, the state Republicans had put together legislation that would simply award Florida's, it, it wasn't like a, you know, a law for all times, it was a, you know, this one time, uh, that would award that state's electoral votes to George W. Bush. Just that simple. And according to the Constitution, the state legislature has the power to do that. And this is the, this is the trick, this is the tool that the GOP is using or tried to use, what, what they planned on using in 2000, what, what uh, Donald Trump tried to get them to use, and John Eastman and the, you know, all the people who conspired with him tried to get them to use in 2020, and what they are now openly planning to use in 2024 is that the Constitution says that electoral count, the electoral college, the way that the states determine how their vote is going to be conducted and how it's going to be counted and what the results are, that's all up to the states. There are no federal standards for this. Now, there are two pieces of legislation before Congress. Actually, three pieces of legislation, if you, can, if you include H.R. 1, the, the original one, which is larger and more expansive and has, therefore, a smaller chance of passing. But there are three pieces of legislation, all passed the House of Representatives, that are all sitting in the Senate right now, bottled up by a filibuster by the Republicans that would solve this problem. You've got the, the John Lewis Voting Rights Enhancement Act. You've got the Freedom to Vote Act, which was Joe Manchin's cutting down of the original H.R. 1, which is the For the People Act. You've got these three pieces of legislation sitting in the Senate, sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk, and all he has to do to pass any one of them or even all three of them although the odds are it would be two out of the three. It would be Manchin's legislation and the John Lewis Act. All Schumer has to do is drill a hole in the filibuster. And I'm getting emails almost every day from white right-wing groups like Freedom Works and others going, oh my God, you know, you notify your congressman that you don't want them to hold, drill a hole in the filibuster. It's a, it's a power grab by the Democrats. Quack, 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 quack. But the fact is that we have no federal standards for this. The fact is that the last time a Republican got the White House as a result of winning the majority of the popular vote in the United States, in other words, the last time a majority of Americans said, yes, we want a Republican in the White House, the last time that happened was 1988, when George Herbert Walker Bush was elected president. That was it. I mean, I, I, I suppose you could argue that when George W. Bush was reelected in 2004, he won an election, an electoral majority, and he did. But had he not been put into the White House by the Supreme Court in 2000, it wouldn't have been, you know, it wouldn't have been the case. 
So I think that, you know, legitimately you can say, really, the last time this happened was George Herbert Walker Bush in 1988. And the Republicans want to keep it that way. They want to make sure that Republicans keep getting the White House, even though the majority of Americans voted for the Democrat. Just like in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin and North Carolina, statewide, you get a majority of people voting for Democrats. And yet the state legislatures are controlled by Republicans. The congressional delegation is controlled by Republicans. The state Senate and House are controlled by Republicans. That's because of gerrymandering. This other, this other problem with the Electoral College is because of the Electoral College and how it's constructed and how it works. This is what they're up to. And like I said, in 2000, this is what uh, the New York Times published this piece by Barstow and Sengupta. Keep in mind, from 2000, like everybody's like, oh my God, this is a brand new thing. Donald Trump wants individual states to simply give him their, their electoral vote, their electoral college votes in 2024, regardless of how the elections turned out. Well, this is from the, from the New York Times, November 28, 2000, quote, the president of Florida's Senate said today that Governor Jeb Bush had indicated his willingness to sign special legislation intended to award Florida's 25 electoral college votes to his brother, Governor George W. Bush of Texas, even as the election results were being contested. Talk of a special legislative session continued unabated here today as local Republicans fretted about the possibility that the justices on the Florida Supreme Court, all appointed by Democrats, might uphold the challenge by Vice President Al Gore for a statewide recount, ultimately awarding him the state's electoral college votes. I wrote a piece in alternate eight months before the 2020 election, back in March of 2020, saying that this is what they were going to do. This is what they were going to, or at least this is what they were going to try to do. That they were going to try to get a couple of states to say, well, you know, we've got some voter fraud problems here, so we're just going to give our election votes to Donald Trump. And sure enough, that's what Trump tried to do. So it's not like this should be a surprise to anybody, but we need to fix this. And in the process of fixing it, we will fix our elections going forward in a positive way. I mean, repair. This is the Tom Hartman program. You know what I mean? I don't mean fix like fixing an election. I mean repair our electoral system so that they actually reflect the will of the American voters. Brian in Squim, Washington. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind today? Thanks for pulling the curtain back to help expose the Republican-led efforts. Hey, somebody's got to, to do continue it. To, uh, yeah, to continue to suborn our democracy. But there is some potential hope. I know that voting rights legislation in our Congress, H.R. 1, other measures, has been thwarted. But so far. something's changed. And, you know, President Biden established the uh, Supreme Court Commission, or the Commission on the Supreme Court, earlier in the year. Speaker Pelosi then noted that she would be against the idea of expanding the Supreme Court. They used the word stacking, although we didn't do that. The Republicans did that. I think the commission was established in response to Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Bryant's appointments. And, of course, McConnell's effort when Gorsuch wasn't gaining the popularity of of getting seated, he changed the Senate rules to vote for only a simple majority right. to confirm the Supreme Court justice. Right. None of those three change. received enough votes to overcome a filibuster, but you're correct. McConnell changed the, changed the rules. And this is why the Democrats well, need to change the rules with regard to democracy. I mean, isn't that at least as important as who's on the Supreme Court? It is. But I don't think we're changing the rules so much as using, using what we could do. Mm. And that's why... 
Sheldon Whitehouse, for instance, you know, has been a staunch advocate for talking about the Supreme Court and, and adjusting it. Yes. So now G- Jerry Nadler is the uh, head of the Judiciary Committee and some other uh, members of Congress. They came up with H.R. 2584, which is the Judiciary Act of 2021. And it says simply to amend Title 28 of the U.S. Code to allow for 12 associate justices of the Supreme Court of the U.S. So that would be three more justices. We need to rebalance the court. This isn't a matter of uh, a partisan, you know, manipulation like what the Republicans do. Obviously, any legislation that comes before that court at this point, do you think, honestly, a Roberts-led court, the guy who eviscerated the Voting Rights Act, do you think that anything having to do with voting rights is going to get past him? No, and, and the guy that oversaw Citizens United as well. I mean, you know, the, 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 this, uh, this is a court that is committed to corporate rule in the United States and not committed to democracy or the will of the people. They, 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 That's they, why I, I implore everyone, Democrat or Republican, to examine this preferred legislation and consider doing this because the court, as you know, through our history, has expanded and contracted. It went from six justices to seven justices to ten justices back to nine. And, of course, Roosevelt, his effort to, quote, you know, stack the court was thwarted. He wanted to put 15. No, it wasn't thwarted. He, he, fact, he stopped because they changed their minds. They, they did what he wanted, and so he stopped the effort. Um, but he was well, not thwarted. Somewhat. I think he, he would have won. Yeah, he but, did, but I'm he with did you, Brian. I, I really think that this, this needs to be done. I think, you know, we need to change the composition of the Supreme Court, and we need to do it quickly. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Glennis in Cleveland, Georgia. Hey, Glennis, what's up? I've been a minister for 47 years, so you'll understand, hopefully, where I'm coming from. First of all, please, 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 we have got to stop calling the pro-life people pro-life when they are not. They are strictly pro-birth, because once that child's born, they don't give two hoots what happens to them, or else they stop voting for Republicans that take all the help away. Number two... Um, Like I say, I've been a minister for so many years, and I have never been so frustrated and upset as I have been in the last five years. Well, actually longer than that, but really the last five years of what the church is doing, of how these so-called prophets, which of course are false ones, and these pastors and evangelicals, are so leading their, their congregation astray. And, you know, it's like... Um, I just don't understand how these people can be so deceived. But what it really has boiled down to is from the pulpit to the politics, we have a bunch of clowns entertaining the goats. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's unfortunate, Glennis, because, you know, the realm of religion is the realm of, of, of faith. It's the realm of belief in things unseen. And mm-hmm. so it is more vulnerable, I think, than most other realms to charlatans and hucksters and hustlers oh, yeah. and grifters. Oh, yeah. And that's well, what I mean, we're seeing. I mean, they, Jerry Falwell mm-hmm. and these guys, the majority, the moral majority, the, and, and, and sadly, Billy Graham's son. Um, and, oh, and, I, oh, don't even go. I'll get on my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and, and then Jim and Tammy Faye and, you know, all this oh, stuff. I mean, it's like, yes, I've, I've been around for all of them, and that's why I've never watched any of them on television. Yeah. You know, I hear about what they're saying that's just, 
totally unscriptural. You know, but these are the same kind of people that for every time in the Bible that Jesus confronted real evil, he confronted the, these are what I call the Christian Taliban, the Pharisees, Sadducees, hypocrites, and Judaizers of this day and time. He had confronted them six to eight times for every time he confronted real evil. And Mm. this is kind of what we're up against today. And I do my best to fight it. Like most of the kids, because I do children's ministry, most of the kids that I've worked with for quite some time have now become a voting age, a good many of them for the 2020 election, and I'm so happy they voted Democrat. Because I've taught them to read out of the Bible and not into it, and not to, you know, just take other people's word for what it says, to go find out and study, and then follow the two commandments he gave us, which is to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. Yeah, that, that I think is the sum and essence of it is. functional it is, religion, it. of Anything good religion. Ever, I'm just so tired of these people taking my God's name and slapping it on their crimes, evils, and lawlessness. And I pray every one of them is brought to justice and accountability here and now. And like you said, where they can never hold public office again. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Glennis, thank you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, good talking with you. Jim in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind today? Tom, I got a little bit of tidbit good news here happening in New Mexico. I live in Santa Fe, but we just had a special election for the city council in Albuquerque yesterday, mm-hmm. and both of the Democrats beat the Republicans. So was that a- expected or unexpected? Uh, well, or was I, it a toss up? I, I always felt that Albuquerque was a little redder than uh, Santa Fe, even though they got a larger population. I think that's a good thing. I, okay. I think that's a sign. That's great news. That's great news, Jim. And here in, in the capital, in Santa Fe, where I live, it was actually bipartisan, passed a, uh, a redistricting uh, law. Santa Fe is your state capital, right? For the state capital here. Right. And they passed, passed the redistricting, and there's Republicans out there crying the blues that this is going to favor the Democrats. And it's just like oh, they're doing the same thing in Oregon. of the big picture. You know? Yeah, the same thing's happening here in Oregon. The Republicans uh, sued. Actually, the Democrats came up with a map that, because uh, you know, we got one new uh, member of Congress as a result of the population growing in this state. Seems like everybody from California is moving up here to Oregon. And, and uh, so, you know, the Democrats control the House and the Senate. They came up with a map that was actually a very reasonable map. It creates, you yeah. know, there's still one district that is going to be definitely Republican. And there's another, yeah. and this new district really could go either way. It probably will go Democratic, but it could, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, a, a democratically gerrymandered map at all. The Republicans sued anyway because yeah. they had a map that would have right. created two Repo- definitely Republican districts at all times. And uh, the court just threw it out and said, no, there's no evidence that there's even, <laughs> you know, this is a joke. You know what? It's almost similar to what's happened here, too. It's like uh, the, de- the Republicans just couldn't, even though it was somewhat bipartisan past, mm-hmm. it's like they got to cry the blues and start just, oh, my God, it's stomping and like little babies. And it's like, my God, this is your whole program throughout the 50 states. And you think that uh, that you got a right to complain? I mean, my goodness. 
it's 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 ridiculous how how these Republicans react to everything. I got a feeling 2022 and 2024 are going to be better than we think right now, Tom. Just a little good Christmas news for you. I have that sense too, Jim, but I'm reluctant to say it out loud very often for fear of jinxing it. <laughs> but that's that's my True. sense too. Jim, thank you so True. much for the call. Thanks for the, for a little bit of optimism on a on a gray day here in Portland. Thank you. Gene in Somerville, South Carolina. Hey, Gene, what's on your mind today? Uh, hi, Tom. Uh, Merry Christmas to the Tom Hartman program. Well, thank you. Merry Christmas to you, Gene. Thank you. Uh, I'm just worried about this Trump guy. He, he's uh, got uh, who, who is going to run against him on a Republican ticket? I think they're all, you know, all of the, the Republicans who would run instead of him you know, the, the Rick Scotts and Josh Hawley's and Ted Cruz's and, and uh, who am I missing, Tom Cotton. Um, that bunch, and, and Nikki Haley um, and uh, Christy Nome, you know, of uh, South Dakota, all of them are bound, have bound themselves to Trump. They're all Trump acolytes. They're all, you know, well, uh, see, Trump we're, we're sunk right there because you can bet your butt that he's going to be the next candidate for the Republican Party. If he survives, so Everybody else yeah. is too scared to run. And he's got a fear is what's driving his campaign is going to drive it. Yeah. And uh, I worry so much about that, but you can just about bet he's going to I be think the, if he's the nominee, there's a good chance that that's going to definitely mean that the Democrat is going to be elected. I think that we overestimate the well, power see, I, I of his power. I disagree because uh, uh, you got Trumpers and you got non-Trumpers in the Republican Party, and they're all going to be voting for him. Yeah, well, Trumper, non-Trumper. It may well be, it may well be, but I still think that Trump being on the ticket, just like just like uh, last year, I mean, you know, it it brought Trump lost by seven million votes. Um, I can't imagine that not happening again. My concern is that even when he loses by seven or maybe 10 million votes next time, that the Republican controlled states will, you know, rig the, the Electoral College to put him back in the White House. That's that's, I think, a very, very real concern. Gene, thanks for the call. We'll see. We'll see. You know, we'll see. Uh, we're going to learn a lot a year from now. You're listening to the Tom Hartman program. That would be specifically we're going to learn a lot with the election a year from now. So uh, how do you think this is going to play out? Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, the two N's, or enter the code Hartman, the two N's, before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity, and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, the two N's, or enter the code Hartman, the two N's, before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week 
by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And, uh, Luigi in Pensacola, Florida. Hey, Luigi, what's on your mind today? We always call our representatives and so forth. And, you know, my representative is Matt Gates, so that's out of the question. Oh, my. Of course, my two senators. Oh, yes, oh, my. And so what I try to do is, I think I've, I've said this on your show before, is I call them anyhow from out of state. All these other representatives and, sta- and senators, when I see stuff about them on, online, on, t- on TV, and I say to them, if you can take out-of-state PAC money, which you all do, then by goodness, you can take out-of-state phone calls because everything you do in Senate or the House impacts me, my family, my state, and my country. Okay. And the other thing I do is I, and I've done this many times, is I'll call like Emma, Emma, Oma, Ilhan Omar. Yes, I have that trouble with that. And I call all those people and say thank you. I appreciate it. Keep the fight up. I, I, I apologized to Miss Omar because of, I'm a white Caucasian and I do not think that way and I want you to know that. And she was on MSNBC last night and she recognized the fact that people from all over the country, it helps to hear from them. And I even had people apologize to me. So I think both avenues, I don't know what you think about that, sir, but that's what I try to do. That's my part for an old man. I think that's <laughs> I brilliant, Luigi. And, and, and for anybody who's thinking about doing the same, the comment, or not the comment line, the, the, the switchboard for Congress in Washington, D.C., uh, and it works for both the House and the Senate, uh, and you can just ask for your representative or your senator by name, and if you're not sure, give me your zip code, and they'll tell you who represents you, um, is 202-224-3121. Uh, the, other, the other number is 225-3121. They both work, 202-224-3121. And, uh, you know, get right through. And, yeah, I think, you know, thanking people, acknowledging them when they're doing something good it's really important stuff, and it's it's also you know consistent with the spirit of the season, right? It's the giving season, yes, giving thanks and giving praise. I think it's a good thing. So good on you. When I heard her say, "When I heard, thank you, sir." When I heard her say that, my wife and I both sat up. It does it does mean something to them. Please, people, call these people that support our progressive agenda and thank them. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Luigi. Thank you. Yeah. Good talking to you. Les in uh, Winnemucca, Nevada. Hey, Les, what's on your mind today? Tom Harlan, thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. What's up? I, uh, I, 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 I live in the um, probably the reddest district in the in the United States. Whoa. Uh, we have never had in the entire history of District Two uh, here in Nevada. Anything but a white Republican male representing us, Republican. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, we have Mr. Amade now, who is a kind of a moderate. But beyond that, we 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 have we have talks. Most of our friends are, are uh, Republican, and we we talk politics quite a bit. 
And we've all found that if we just get rid of, do you like Trump or not like Trump, or do you like Biden or not like Biden, and we talk specifically about problems and solutions, that we can sit down, get hammered at the bar, and sit there and come to a consensus on what to do about almost anything. I, you know, and, and, and what you're what you're saying, uh, uh, Les, is consistent with the polling across the country. You know, like 80 percent of Americans think Social Security and Medicare should be strengthened, for example. Sure. And, uh, and we agree on just this. We want better schools. We want good jobs. Yeah, 90 percent of Americans think, you know, big corporations have too much power politically. Yeah, and everybody agrees with that. Everybody agrees that the middle class has been taken in the shorts yep. for the last 50 years, and it needs to be turned around. And I point out to them, I say, well, you know, the Democrats are the ones that are actually trying to do something. They might not be exactly what you want, but it's sure better than nothing. Right. And that's all the Republican Party now and you're sitting at the bar with a bunch of Republicans who've had a couple of drinks, and at that point when you say that, they, they don't jump on you? No, because at that point we're hammered. We're <laughs> okay, I, I get it, Les. So your strategy involves, in, involves more than a few gin and tonics. <laughs> but, okay, I got it. Les, i got to move along. But thank you. That's, you know, the fact that, that I, I actually, I think that what you just suggested is absolutely brilliant, that when you are discussing with somebody who's politically on the other side, say, just let's set aside these big issues of, you know, are you for Trump or are you for Biden or whatever? And let's just talk about individual issues. What do we do about the fact that our kids are walking around with $100,000 in student debt? What do we do about the fact that nobody can afford to buy a house anymore? What do we do about the fact that the American middle class has gone from 65% of America in 1980 to 45% of America now? What do you do about that? Then you can actually have a meaningful conversation. Yeah, I got one more, one more thing real quick. The Donald Trump, I don't think he's going to run for president because I think he's going to be too busy bouncing around between different courthouses. It, that may well be. I, I can tell you what he's doing right now, Les, is he's raising money. I, you know, I've told the story oh, on the yeah. air many times that back in 2015, I sent him uh, either five or fifteen dollars. Uh, memory fails me, but I think it was fifteen bucks. And and I've been getting emails from him ever since. So uh, last week, uh, I'm up to like getting eight and ten emails a day, begging for money from Donald Trump, from his son, from his from his, uh, uh, you know, uh, people affiliated with him, Rudy Giuliani and others. Well, let me finish the story, Les. So I decided that I'm going to just start putting them on my spam f folder, right? I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I just don't even want to see them anymore. And so I started marking them as spam. And what he has come up with is the same little trick that telemarketers are doing. It's like every time I put one of these emails from Trump into spam, 
The next one comes through just fine. And I'm looking at them carefully and I'm discovering that they're all coming from different email addresses. And they're coming from, if you bury down, I mean, it all looks like it's DonaldTrump.com or whatever. But if you dig down, it's all coming from like XE301.2, you know, something or other. The actual email address is slightly different for each one. So they're getting past my spam filter. So I'm still getting five and six emails a day begging for money from Donald Trump. And I've put at least 20 of them in, in, you know, I've reported them as spam. It's crazy. This guy has a business running that is as fancy and sophisticated and probably profitable. We know that he raised a half a billion dollars so far since he lost the election. That, that is probably making him more money than anything he's ever done in his whole entire life. And that is just bleeding dry these Republican suckers who signed up with him. And, and uh, you know, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's mind-boggling. They're rubes. Yeah. They're marks. Well, and sadly, and, and, and Trump thinks of them that way, too. Les, thanks a lot for the call, and thanks for the wise advice. Thomas in Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Thomas, what's up? Hi, Tom. How are you doing today? I'm well. What's on your mind? Well, I've been thinking, you brought up a, a democracy. Ultimately, it will be the conservative right, uh, conser- uh, Republican phone on the Supreme Court that will decide where democracy is going. going. And they, they will put the death mold in it. What's going to happen then? Um, if that happens, if, if the Republicans in 2024 rig the Electoral College so that a Republican becomes president, you know, having lost the popular vote by 10 million or something like that. that. If that happens, then what we're going to become like is, uh, if you're looking for an analogy, is probably the closest one will be Viktor Orban's Hungary. And that's why CPAC is holding a convention there, you know, next month, I believe it is, Um, uh, or maybe it's next spring. Uh, It's why Tucker Carlson did his show from Hungary for a week. Hungary is now the authoritarian model for the GOP. And because uh, Orban has packed the courts with people who just, you know, whatever he says, they salute it. He has turned all the media in the country over to his friends. Uh, so you get nothing but, you know, what we would call right wing talk radio, right wing television, right wing news. It's like all the media in Hungary now is like Fox News. Uh, he has uh, stacked the parliament. He has, you know, with his loyalists, they've essentially gerrymandered the country so that so that they can't lose. And that's that's what would happen here. And I, you know, I don't know how long it would hold. I mean, it held in the South in the United States from the 1830s to the 1860s, and then again it held in the South from the 1870s up until the 1940s. Um, you know, this kind of anti-democratic. Uh, you know, whites only uh, pseudo democracy, but that's that's the direction that they want to take us. They want to take us back to the future. They want to take us back to the, the way the United States was, principally before Brown yeah. versus Board of Education, 1954. Yeah, I I'm a retired teacher of political science, so I've done my homework. But uh, logically, from from that research, I, I give democracy two two decades tops. I think one of two things is going to happen. Either there is going to be a a strong pro-democracy movement before that fall that you're talking about, and we can forestall it or hold it off, or the the termites are going to win over the short term. They're going to they're going to eat enough of the structure that it collapses, 
That would include the billionaire termites who are funding all this, you know, a lot of this stuff. That would include the foreign termites, you know, the, the Saudi Arabians of the world who are, and Russia and whatnot, who are driving social media in the United States. That would include the, the racist termites in the United States. All of these forces eating away at the infrastructure of democracy. Either we will stop them before they utterly destroy it, or they will crash it, and out of that will come a new democracy movement. And there will be a new group of people who call themselves patriots. And there'll be people like you and me, Thomas. And they will be taking on the power structure, probably feeling very much the way that those of us in SDS felt back in the 1960s. Like, you know, we are up against our own government now. Our own government is trying to kill us, and we are up against them. That's very much what we felt in the 60s. So I don't see it as the end of the world. I see it as part of a series of cycles that typically go through painful periods and then through radically getting better periods. You know, the the overall arc, I agree with Martin Luther King, bends towards justice. Thomas, thank you. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Jim in uh, Austin, Texas. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind? Yes, you were mentioning that word codification. Well, strictly speaking, and I'm a lawyer, it simply means putting various acts, the statutes passed by a legislature or by Congress, into a structured form called a code that has names, titles, and numbers so that you can find how it all fits together. So, for example, in, uh-huh. in the federal law, the United States Code uh, Title 18 is crimes. Uh, Title 24 is, uh, pardon me, 42 is health and welfare, and IRS code is uh, 26. That's uh, that's the structure. And when a legislature or the Congress passes laws, set what are called session laws or public laws, uh, they are not structured as to the overall system of laws in the nation or the state. So there are people that are experts in this area, and they figure out how all these things relate and tie together so they can be put together and researched in an efficient and reliable fashion. So it's sort of like a, a library receives a book uh, you know, f- in the mail that's for the library, and they decide, okay, in the Dewey Decimal System, this should be you know, 1239.07 or whatever, and they put it on the appropriate place on the shelf. 
Yeah, that's the basic idea of what codification does. Now, what appears to have happened, and to my experience, this has only happened in the last year or two or maybe even more recently. People are using the word codification to, I think what they mean, say to take something, whether it's what people are talking about or or, uh, 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 perhaps a decision of a court, and to take it and put and take a legislative body like the Congress, have that passed as a law, which then puts it into the codified you know, numerical system. Right. But that is, a, in my experience, a very new use of the term. Yeah, I, my, meant just a structure. Yeah, I've, I've heard people use that term on television in a way that caused me to think, and I, I didn't go to law school, caused me to think that it meant it has been approved by a court. And there's a diff- no, different this, word for that. That's a, is that adjudication? Is that- yeah, there, this isn't even, and you hit on a really very important point that a lot of people are confused on. Uh, a lot, when I went to school, they tell us, well, you know, the, law, the laws are passed by the Congress and the president signs them. And then there was a sort of a, a little discussion that made it look like, well, then whatever was passed by the legislative body, or Congress, that's a legislative body, went over to the, went over to the Supreme Court and they figured out whether or not it was constitutional. Yeah, judicial that's review. That's not the way it works. There yeah. has to be a case or controversy. Right, there has to be a challenge party. to it. No, I get, I get that, yeah, Jim. That's yeah, it. I get it. A lot it. of people are confused by that. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I mean, is that, is that responsive to what you were asking? It is. Jim, you're brilliant. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And uh, I thank you for all the work you're doing. You are really very, very good at explaining complicated issues and bringing things to our attention. When, when, I, when I understand them. <laughs> Jim, thank you for helping uh, me understand uh, And you're honest, and you're quite straightforward when you don't understand and that's very important well i i, I have learned through painful experience uh, throughout my life that when you try to bs people it always blows up in your face <laughs> there you go jim thanks a lot so for the call I. it's great to hear from you. Thank you john in denver colorado hey john thanks for watching us on youtube what's on your mind today it seems like we can now accurately describe and characterize the insurrectionists as traitors committing treason if this was an attempted coup. I mean, we know some harsher sentences may be coming down in the future, but what are you thinking about the sentencing and especially how it relates to the memo that you were just talking about? I I think it's absolutely bizarre, John. Uh, You know, uh, Medea Benjamin is an old friend of mine and she started this organization called Code Pink, you know, and they and she's famous for like standing up in the in the gallery in the House of Representatives and unfurling banners you know, uh, don't invade Iraq or, you know, don't believe Bush's lies or whatever, stuff like that. And the, uh, the, the charge that has been brought against her and many of the people with Code Pink who collaborate with her and other groups as well, the charge with the crime that they're charged with typically is disrupting Congress or trespass, which is what it, it's the exact same charge that has been brought back, brought against about half of these uh, uh, these rioters uh, or these insurrectionists or these traitors who invaded the Capitol on January 6th. And, and uh, frankly, I think that they should be charged with conspiracy, um, you know, with, a, with criminal conspiracy. And, they sh- and many of them should be charged with sedition. Um, you're, using wor- you're using the word treason. I think uh, treason is a, a little sharper knife. You know, it's a little, it's a little more specific and, and, uh, and a lot harder sure. probably to prove. 
But sedition is very straightforward. Sedition includes attempts to intimidate elected officials, uh, attempts to change legislation by the use of force or threats of force, um, attempts to change the outcome of elections. I mean, there's just this whole collection of, I used to have the, uh, in fact, I still have it. Yeah, here it is right here. Uh, this is US, 18 U.S. Code 230, uh, 2384, seditious conspiracy. If two or more persons in any state or territory conspire to overthrow, put down, or destroy by force the government of the United States, or to levy war against them, or to oppose by force the authority thereof, or by force to prevent, hinder, or delay the execution of any law of the United States, or by force to seize, take, or possess any property of the United States, they shall be fined under this title or imprisoned for not more than 20 years or both. There you go. And it seems like more than 599 people who have been charged already could be charged with that. It seems like thousands of people could be charged with that now because I really I agree. We know it's correctly it is an attempted coup that and whether you meant to be part of a coup or not, you're, you know, F your feelings. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Enough of the <laughs> snowflakes already. Um, you know, these guys are, are uh, well, yeah, I'm with you. John, thank you for the call. Uh, very, very well said. And I think that that seditious conspiracy law needs to be quoted more often, frankly. Anthony in New York City. Hey, Anthony, what's on your mind today? Hey, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm good. glad. I'm going to uh, piggyback off what uh, the gentleman before me just said. Um, I'm trying to find out what is taking so long with the Southern District and his taxes. Now, if he if they find some shenanigans with his taxes, can he? Will he will not be able to run again? No, there's no there's no law uh, that requires candidates for president to disclose their taxes. It's been a tradition going back to the days of I think Richard Nixon, but uh, there, to the best of my knowledge, there's no law about it. But. Anything this guy's doing is corrupt. I mean, they can't find anything to stop him. Put them right. Well, I, 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 the thing that I think would easily stop Donald Trump is the Fourteenth Amendment. But Congress has to act, or some court has to act, one or the other. I mean, we've never used it before. But uh, Article Three, as I recall, of the Fourteenth Amendment says that no person who has engaged in an insurrection against the United States—I'm paraphrasing here—may uh, may hold public office. And, and, you know, if we can demonstrate, and this is what the January 6th committee is, do, is trying to do, but I think the evidence is already just, you know, laying on the ground. Um, but, you know, if we can demonstrate that Donald Trump played an active role in trying to overthrow the government of the United States to subvert the democratic process under the 14th Amendment, he's no longer eligible to run for office. Now, this was written into the 14th Amendment to apply to people who had been part of the last insurrection, what we called the Civil War. But, uh, you know, right. this is this is the new insurrection and it's and it's just as real and, and, and frankly, in my opinion, just as problematic. Tom in North Hollywood, California. Hey, Tom, what's on your mind today? Democrats have absolutely no passion in terms of going after Republicans. Um, just as an example, I know we don't talk about people after they're off the, off the air, but Mark seemed like he was a little bit more upset with Raven than he is at Joe Manchin. And I think what he meant by saying Republican or Joe Manchin has become pseudo president is because nobody's putting the pressure on Joe Manchin or on Kristen Sinema. And that is President Biden's responsibility is to put sometime either it's a carrot or a stick on these people. Yeah. And I'm telling you what Raven is saying is exactly correct. What is going to motivate 
people to get out and vote, especially when the voting rights and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act hasn't even passed. Right. The I thing mean, that the thing a, that Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates and and really Jim Jordan, I guess, is probably the best example of this. The thing that they understand about politics that a lot of Democrats don't is that people may not always agree with you on the policies. They may think you're a little nutty. But if you uh, if you characterize yourself as a warrior who is fighting for them, they will lay down in front of traffic for you. They will send you. I mean, as as Mark Pocan pointed out, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, you know, after she went on her racist screed a few months ago, raised three million dollars in a quarter and uh, or a million dollars in, in three months, whatever it was, some some mind boggling amount of money. And uh, I think he said three million dollars. I'm pretty sure that that's what he said in one quarter. That's like a million dollars a month. That's just unheard of. And it's because the people who support her see her as a warrior. And there are not a lot of Democrats who we see as warriors, sadly, right now. I mean, 100%, Tom. They, they get so caught up in the minutia of the everyday uh, working in Washington and working you know, right. in an academic way that they're forgetting the most important thing, which is we the people are the government. Give us a reason to get out right. there and vote for you and go through it. Now, the I flip mean, side I of that, though, Tom. I've never heard of Marjorie Taylor Greene, except for everybody keeps repeating her name. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I get that. But the flip side of that is when, uh, uh, let me give you two flip sides. Number one, actually, you are starting to see this kind of pushback, and it's being led by, 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 by uh, Ilhan Omar and Ale basically the squad going after Lauren Boebert, right? Now, I mean, somebody is pushing back now, and they're pushing back hard, and they're pushing back in the media. So, number one, you're seeing that. But number two, by standing back and letting the Republicans do their crazy, they're starting to eat their own. I mean, they're, 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 they're going to war with each other. You've got this congresswoman from uh, South Carolina uh, who uh, is, is in, you know, in a, in a Pissing match on Twitter and, and whatnot with uh, with Marjorie Taylor Greene, and and I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think that you know you've, the the Republican Party is filled with grifters and hustlers, and they're starting to jockey for position and territory, and and the stakes are ramping up because they're seeing the the probability that they're going to take the House of Representatives a year from now, and so everybody is trying to be in the front of the line. And uh, I, I think it's going to melt them down. Tom, thank you for the call. It may even hurt them in the election. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joe in Parker, Colorado. Hey, Joe, what's on your mind today? This is from The Last Dune Book by Frank Herbert. Okay. Moral decisions, moral decisions are always easy to recognize. They occur when one abandons self-interest. Thank you. George in Portland, Oregon. Hey, George, thanks for listening to X-Ray FM. What's up? Morning, Tom. Um, so Democrats need a public uh, relations specialist. You know, they need to create a message. They need to be consistent on the message. Uh, there's obviously a couple of factions in the Republican Party that are sort of rattling it out right now. And this is sort of the last chance that Democrats have 
to use that that playbook. You know, repeat the same message. That's what they did with the big lie. How many people actually believe that it's true? Eighty percent of Republicans. The message. Repeat the message. Come up with it. Be consistent with it, and kick them while they're down. Otherwise, we're done. Yeah, and we need to get some surrogates out there. Uh, The Biden administration uh, quickly needs to get some real, you know. I mean, James Carville used to play that role for, uh, among others, but he was particularly good at it for Bill Clinton. You know, just go Mm -hmm. on television and just, you know, peel the bark off these guys. And uh, I am not seeing anybody doing that on behalf of the Biden administration. Um, and, and meanwhile, you've got on the right, on the, in the Republican side, you've got, you know, right wing billionaires and others who are funding, uh, you know, all these, uh, you know, this is massive echo chamber of, of weird voices. So I'm with you. Thank you. James in uh, Spokane, Washington. Hey, James, what's up? I wanted to speak to, first about greed, but I want to point out first, it seems to me that envy is a form of greed, Tom. I agree. And uh Greed as treason. That, that's why, by the know, way, that's why uh, Thomas Aquinas called greed a the the cardinal sin because, uh, or the uh, what was his word, the capital sin because all the other sins came out of that. You know, envy, covetousness, etc. They all are dimensions <clears throat> of greed. Thank you. It just came to me that high crime, most high crime, the root cause is greed. Yep. Let's get down to it. War and all these things. Bribery. About wanting the money. About wanting the land. But we need to speak to greed as a form of treason, therefore, and as a crime against humanity. Yeah. Because it is at yeah. every level, in yeah. every way. It is a, every it is day, a, every minute. It is a moral and cultural illness that we were sold in the 1980s as a powerful force that could be harnessed for good. And that, that sentence is half true. It is a powerful force. You cannot yeah. harness greed for good. It's psychotic. Yes. It, it really is. And, 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 Literally. And, the, and the people who are proclaiming greed as a, as a moral good are, are, are playing with something like psychosis. I mean, they're certainly playing with, por- with poison. It is it, unbalanced. It po- yeah, it poisons societies, it poisons families, it poisons individuals. I mean, look at these wealthy families where somebody dies and everybody's fighting over the inheritance. What is that? That's greed. And it tears families yeah. apart, too. James, thank you for the call. Paul in uh, Ambler, Pennsylvania. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind today? Uh, hi, Tom. I just wanted to follow up on the uh, perspective of what President Biden is doing, and as you said, behind the scenes. He's been in the Senate a long time to try to get this big uh, bill through, the Build Back Better right. Act, and his with legacy. a lot of the social pro. Yeah, his legacy, but and, you know, more importantly than that, stuff that's going to help out you, know, you and me and mm-hmm. you know, 300 million other Americans. Uh, I've been reading some recent histories on the Great Society, and one of the, the books was basically focusing on this enormous staff that he had and the activism of the public. LBJ had a combination of the best people from JFK's administration plus his own people. Mm-hmm. And he he threw them together, and he got all this done before he was elected president. This was done between the assassination of Kennedy and the election that he ran for in November of 64. Uh, it took months and months and months to get the Civil Rights Act through, but he got it through. And one of the, one of the things that was being pointed out at the time, and I'm, I'm too young to remember that much detail, but I had the sense of the, the country was changing in ways that were entering like a, a new age or a new era with space travel. And, you know, everyone was doing well. Everyone had a job. Um, you know, it, it just seemed that there was 
progress everywhere you looked in every way you could imagine. And in the, uh, in the description of the halls of Congress, the Senate, uh, the lower house, uh, even uh, pressing on to um, uh, Johnson were a National Council of Churches, ministers, rabbis, Catholic priests, nuns. Ra- I mean, just look, just everywhere you would turn, one of the, uh, I don't know if it was Joseph Califano or somebody, he says, he says, I can't turn around without seeing a guy with a collar on. You know, a relig- a Who were all pushing person. for the Great Society because they yeah, thought it was the best yeah. thing for and America. They, and, yeah. and they and, went back to their church and their pulpits, <laughs> and then they, they pressed their congregants right. to, to call your congressman, call the governor. Right. The, the pressure was immense outside of the South. In the South, you know, obviously, they had a lot of people that just didn't want it to happen. Right. But the rest of the country said, no, we're not living this way anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you, Paul, and and I, there are lessons I think from from the from LBJ's era, um, and uh, but Biden's put together a pretty good team too. So I, you know, I'm not I'm not no, despairing I, no, yet. I, <laughs> I'm not complaining about Joe Biden. I think yeah. uh, a lot of people, and you know, I I would consider you, and you, you don't know me, but I'm, I'm I'm as left as they come, and a lot of these people who the younger ones they're complaining. Oh, they're not getting anything done. They're not completely changing us into a you know. A state-free socialist uh, right. commune, or whatever it is they want. The guy's building on Obama's legacy, and Obama got something done after 40 years of total neglect. And, yep. and Biden, thank God, out of nowhere, seems to be, like I said, he wants a legacy, but I, he's really putting through things that we need now, which is even more important than his legacy, I think. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a lot of faith in his skill. He's been at this game a long time. I, I, I agree with you, Paul. I absolutely agree with you. And, and I want to get in another call here, but, but thank you for the call. Dominique in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Hey, Dominique, what's on your mind today? I was just thinking about the Mitch McConnell, what he's doing to filibuster the, the Voting Rights Act, because I'm frustrated. I stayed. I stayed in line for three hours, Whoa. and a lot of my friends stayed in line for three hours. As a, as black people, we are expecting you got to get this done no matter what. That that's a sword to fall to fall on. But then I think about cinema and and mansion. I heard that it's like 13 other Democrats that really don't want to do it because they're because I'm thinking now. They know once McConnell and the Republicans get power back, that they're going to use it so so much pain and evil that they don't want to go down that road. So I'm at a crossroad. But being that you promised us this, we need we need this because you can see North Carolina. They they really really did do a number job on that gerrymandering, and it's mm-hmm. so frustrating. And what. What can we do? I mean, it's it's like it's like being helpless. It's like the police. Like people don't realize as black people, it's like us being helpless, and and we're like shooting like shooting pigs in a in a in a, in a um in a bottle. It's like I'm tired of feeling helpless. I'm 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 not really political, but now in the last ten years since Obama, I've been political, and I've been studying and learning about the history of this politics and. If they don't do nothing this time around, 
22 and 24 is not going to be pretty. Yeah, I, I completely not, agree with you. I completely agree with you. And this is why energy. this is why my friend Joe Madison is is on day 31, I think, today of his of his hunger uh, strike, as it were. He is not eating solid food until the voting rights bill passes. I am hearing from from Democrats that they from the administration that they believe that they will be able to work out a, uh, a, a variation on the filibuster that there's a growing consensus. Uh, which is a fancy way of saying the political pressure is starting to mount on people like Manchin and Cinema. And you are correct. There are other Democrats who are opposed to altering the filibuster. But, you know, drill, and, and it's because, you know, a Democrat who represents basically takes money from the financial services industry. Well, they want the filibuster so that they can't be held responsible. The drug companies want the filibuster so they can't be held responsible. So you got some Democrats who are owned by the by the drug companies. Mostly, you know, and, and of course, the entire Republican caucus is owned by somebody, you know, by one industry or another. Um, so, you know, th it's a very convenient thing to hide behind. But all that said, I would be astonished if by the end of this year, in fact, if by Christmas, the uh, Democrats have not drilled a hole in the filibuster and passed at least one and hopefully at least two, both the, the John Lewis and the Freedom to Vote Act. Uh, of these voting right bills, Dominique. If they don't, uh, we're all screwed. We're all beyond screwed. And, and we need to be, every single one of us needs to be contacting our, our senators, Democrat, Republican, whatever they may be, and saying, you know, alter the filibuster and pass voting rights in America. It's the core of democracy. Dominique, thank you for the call. Uh, Harry in Lovelock, Nevada. Hey, Harry, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom, uh, you gave a great list yesterday of all the uh, government programs and proposed expansions of current programs and new ones like expanded Social Security, health care for all, pre-K for all, higher taxes on the uber rich and so on. That clearly uh, represents the will of the people with something like, I think you said, 60 to 70 percent of the voters backing such ideas. And yet they never get done. And it's always been the case that those programs have huge support. And yet the corporate uh, oligarchs seem to find a way to defeat that. Yeah, it hasn't always been the case. I mean, this is how those, those programs got into place in the 1960s was, you know, back then it was very difficult and in many cases illegal for billionaires and corporations to bribe, to openly and nakedly bribe politicians. The Supreme Court legalized that partially in 1976 and 78 with the Buckley and Bellotti decisions, and then fully legalized uh, political bribery and political corruption in 2010 with, the, with this abomination of Citizens United. And that's why this yep. is happening. Let's be very clear about this, Henry. And it's been going on for so long now. Can we real truly refer to ourselves anymore as a democracy? We're a sham democracy now. Well, we're mostly an oligarchy now. Right. And even though I hate to say it, the Democratic Party, you know what they did to Bernie Sanders, when we expressed our will that we would want somebody to... Uh, Bernie, uh, Bernie would be the first to tell you that Hillary Clinton won that primary, both primaries, actually, fair and square. Do you, do you truly believe that, Tom? I mean, you know what... I, you know, I think that there was some, some shaky stuff that went on inside the Democratic Party, particularly in California, but I'm just not willing to relitigate those battles right now. I, I don't think that it does anybody any good. We are facing literally the end of democracy in America. And we need to focus our energy on that. We need to focus our energy very, very clearly and very specifically on defeating these Republicans. Harry, I got to run. I'm sorry. It's the end of the show. But thank you for the call. And taking down Citizens United needs to be the, at the top of our agenda. Absolutely. 
Anyhow, thanks so much for being with us today. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires you. It requires all of us. And not enough of us are voting. Not enough of us are even registered to vote. And not enough of us are really seriously participating. We need to get out there and get active. And share with your friends how you're getting progressive media. Let's spread the good word, eh? Tag your it. Be good to yourself and the people around you. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 